0: Hello, shameless moms, if you're listening in live time, happy Monday, happy first Monday of February. Oh my goodness, 2023, it's already just flying by. So today we're going to talk about listening to yourself, letting yourself listen to you. So we often as moms have to practice listening to our children, right? Like practicing listening with patience, which is so hard, and letting these kids take up so much space with their voices and their needs. And we don't spend a lot of time giving ourselves that same grace. And so I want to dig into this today, and I'm gonna give you a really specific example of where I practiced this recently, and I was so glad that I gave myself some time to really sit in the listening, which is uncomfortable for me, because I'm someone who likes to make pretty quick decisions once I feel something, or for the sake of getting something over with. (laughs) And so sometimes I'm like, I'll endure it being less than I want it to be if I can just make it be over. And I didn't do that in the situation, I really sat in something for a while to continue to check my gut, and also to give the other party a chance to make it better or make it different. And they didn't. And so I'm going to talk through that in just a minute. I want you to think about how often you give yourself the opportunity to listen inward rather than just listening outward and absorbing everything around you. So, I was really conscientious of this last week when I went to a podcasting conference and I found myself in a room of podcast pros. So, there was a special track at the conference for people who'd been podcasting a really long time. So, anywhere from like five or so years to like 15 years and there was maybe 30 of us in the room and it was a lot of men and I have not been in a room that's like 70 to 80 percent men 30 20 to 30 percent women in a really long time like since I was in the fitness industry and when I was in the fitness industry many years ago in rooms like that they were really uncomfortable awkward spaces and there was a lot of talk that was just super inappropriate really sexist talking conversation going on and really gross things around it was a lot of dudes sitting around talking about how to market to women around shaming their bodies and so that's not the point of this episode all of the point is just to be like it was gross it was uncomfortable at a certain point i was like i can't be in this space anymore i can't sit in this room anymore And that was really the beginning of me recognizing, like, I can't be in this industry anymore. So I haven't been in a space like that. And of course, I've been like events with men and in rooms with men and things like that. But I haven't been like in a career, a place where um, I'm in a track with high level professionals doing the same thing as me that's so male dominant. And so as I went into this room for this event, I was definitely a little on guard, like on guard in terms of not knowing how things were going to play out, not knowing how to be in conversation around tables of men because I hadn't done it in so long. And also really aware that I was kind of like waiting to be offended because so much of the work that I do is really like heightened feminism. And that makes it sound like it's extreme feminism and it's not. But I do so much work around like helping all of you see things that are wrong and unjust and unfair in the world and looking at systems of oppression and recognizing how we have been socialized by these systems that oppress women. So going into this room, I was like ready for these guys to, you know, be like systematically oppressing me. And let me just tell you, it didn't happen at all. (laughs) It could not have been more lovely. And it was podcasters from across the entire political spectrum. And there was one instance where a dude said, was very dismissive of a woman but other than that and he kind of caught himself at by the end of it because this woman handled it like a freaking pro which made him catch himself but Other than that, it was really fantastic. And I actually loved learning in this different environment, kind of lit my brain on fire. And that was really great. And throughout the weekend, I was really listening inward and recognizing like, oh, okay, like how do you want to show up in here? And how do you want to listen? And how do you want to trust your voice? And how do you want to give other people maybe opportunities where you haven't given opportunities before? Because I'm like, I'm not going out there with like my open arms to big, huge rooms full of predominantly white men. Like I'm really here building this platform really based on the opposite, like how can we get more voices of people who are typically excluded onto the show and out forward facing and amplified and on bigger platforms. And so it was really interesting to be in that space and make some new connections and learn from all sorts of different people who do different things. And also people who are in such different industries and just all wide respect and mad respect for across kind of this huge spectrum of podcasting and spectrum of providing education in the way that we all do as podcasters in this room. So that was really cool. And it was an opportunity to listen in and be like, hey, Sarah, like you can go into these spaces and you don't have to have your guard all the way up. Like the wall doesn't have to be 30 feet high. It can be like, you know, maybe have it like four feet high. <laughs> like, definitely have like a little bit of a wall there. <laughs> be prepared for things to go sideways, but don't assume they're going to go sideways. So that was something for me to really think about as I was on my journey home and thinking about how fun it was to kind of be in this different environment and be just in conversations that stimulated my brains in really different ways. And also being a place where people are podcasting around things that are so different than what I'm used to. That was really fun and interesting. There was a guy there whose like whole podcast is about Disney World. And another guy who has a whole podcast platform all about horses, and like riding horses and products for horseback riding and being a farrier. I learned the word farrier. I didn't know that word. So super, super interesting to just learn from people in a really different capacity than what I'm used to. And that was really eye opening. And it helped me remember or tap into another experience that I had had a week before or two weeks before, where I was practicing listening to myself and I wasn't sure what to do about it. So I talked about this incident a few weeks ago as it was shaking out, and I want to revisit it with a little more attention and a little more analysis because I think this will be really helpful to you. When you go to create space to listen to yourself, what does that look like and feel like? So as I've talked about before, when you are socialized as a woman, you are conditioned from a very early age to override your intuition. So you're told to dress a certain way and show up a certain way and be kind and be courteous and be pretty and smile and do all these things that are ultimately so that you can be pleasing to other people. And when you're doing that constantly, it's really easy for you to override what you feel and what you think and how you maybe want to say something that goes against the grain, but then say, oh, no, but I shouldn't do that because like, that's not what good, quote unquote, good girls do. swear it's like, Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. When you're practicing listening to yourself, it really is an unlearning and a deconditioning when you have this gut feeling like, ooh, that felt off. And when I have those feelings, I really try to listen to them. But I will tell you that when I have those feelings, I always Feel a sense of hesitation. And I always have this sense or like secondary feeling that's like, wait, am I reading this wrong? Am I overreacting? Am I not giving the other person or am I not giving the situation? Like, am I not seeing the whole picture? So I often second guess myself when I get those gut hits of like, oh, something's off here. So I had this situation a few weeks ago. I have an infected root canal. My dentist told me about it a while ago. I'm really lucky I don't have pain with it but I know that it's there. And we found it because I have like this tiny little like bruise feeling at the top of my gum line. And so my dentist was like, you should go get it checked out by an endodontist. And so he makes this referral, I go to the endodontist. And I'm not in pain. So none of this feels urgent. So I will say like huge position of privilege to be able to like sit and listen to myself without the urgency of like this, I need to make a decision about this right this minute. So I go in. And when I'm filling out paperwork at this endodontist office, they have me fill out a whole bunch of forms like you do anytime you go to a doctor's office for the first time. And one of the sections on the form had all this money, all this financial information on it like and costs of all these different procedures that were ranging from like two to $4,000. So I'm signing all the paperwork off, get everything done. I take my clipboard back up and I say, hey, I don't know if I need to know anything about these numbers here like, do I? <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure you like. They had previously told me, like, this appointment is $147 or something. So I'm like thinking that, like, these big 2000 to $4,000 cost things are like not relevant to me. So I, I asked them that. And she says, Oh, no, no. She said, Those are not for you because you have insurance. So those are for people that don't have insurance. And then, so I was like, Okay. But then she like kept going. She's like, So you actually are going to get a discount because you have insurance. So you'll get charged like this amount and then your insurance will cover this amount and then we give you this discount. But those numbers are for people that don't have any of that. And like the way she kept going was so weird that I was like, okay, so like you're telling me because I'm in a position of privilege to have insurance, I'm also going to get the privilege of a discount. And you're like talking about this in a way that's like othering people that don't have that privilege and those levels of privilege. And so I was like, okay. And then I said, well, that's Kind of concerning, but welcome to America. And she just looked at me like she did not know what to say. <laughs> so, but I'm like, I mean, if you're going to go on and on and on about how like I'm so privileged to have insurance, but like all the the other people and those people, it was such a weird red flag to talk about people who don't have insurance in like such a strange way. So, I was kind of just like joking, but also kind of wanting her to be like recognize that she was talking about this in a very strange way. So she clearly doesn't know what to say to me. I go sit down. I go back for my appointment. As I'm in my appointment and I had like all they did all these like fancy x-rays and stuff. I felt like the doctor was trying to ease my nerves about like feeling any pain or discomfort, but I didn't feel like she was completely seeing me. So like you know when you're in a conversation with someone and like you like maybe crack a little bit of a joke or you ask like a clarifying question and you're like, yeah, they don't get me. (laughs) And so I definitely felt that. Like she was doing her job just fine. But I just felt like she does not get me. Like I cracked a couple jokes about, like I have a really tight jaw. And so I'm making fun of it. And she like, there was just like no response. And so I was like, okay, like whatever. Like I don't need my endodontist to like have a good sense of humor. I don't care. But by the end, I just had this like sinking feeling in my stomach. Like I don't want to have this procedure here. Like this just... Feels weird. And I couldn't put my finger on it. So, as I talked with the endodontist about the course of treatment, she was asking me, like, do you get anxiety when you go to the dentist and blah, blah, blah? And I said, no, I, I'm fine. And then she said, well, you're going to have to have your mouth open for about two hours on these two different appointments for the two parts of this procedure that I'm recommending. And I said, and she said, you have this, I can see you might have a tighter, or smaller jaw. So, we we might want to do some sedation with that. So I was like, okay, sure. Like, yeah, let's do some sedation. As we talked to options for sedation, she's like, okay, it sounds like maybe you might want like the more moderate sedation. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I had already said at one point when she was reviewing things, and she was showing me all these x rays up on a screen and talking about how they were going to do everything. I did say, wow, all that sounds really expensive. And she didn't really say anything to me. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting that she didn't respond to that or didn't say like, oh, the front desk is going to talk to you about that. Or like, she just like completely ignored it. So then she tells me I need this moderate sedation, which I'm like, okay, fine. Like if that's what you recommend, I'm cool with it. They send me out to the front desk and the front desk says, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and get collect $850 from you today. And I was like, wait, what? I said, I was told that this appointment was $147. And she said, Oh yeah, but we also collect up front for the procedure. And I was like, okay. So this might be totally standard. I don't know. But the way that she said it wasn't like hey so standard operating procedure is that we prior to booking your appointment we go ahead and collect this like there was no like explaining how this works it was just like hey so we're going to go ahead and collect this money without explanation without warning after i had multiple times been told that my appointment that day would be $147 so i was like why what like i was super confused so then i said okay well can I like see what the $850 is for? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm printing out this like statement for you. So she hands me the statement and I'm looking through it and I can see on the statement like what's gonna be covered by insurance and what's not. And there's multiple things on there that aren't gonna be covered by insurance, but they're all related to the sedation. So I point out, I'm like, hey, I see these charges on here for like $175 each are not covered by insurance. And she's like, yeah, those aren't covered by insurance. So that's what you're going to have to pay. And I was like, oh, well, that's going to be like an extra $400 for this moderate sedation. She didn't tell me that back there. And then she goes, it's not $400. So this really got me because it was two charges of $175. So yes, it was $350, not 400. But like, That's just rude. (laughs) And like, we all know that we're talking in round numbers here. Like, who cares? Like, that's just not good customer service. But again, I was like, okay, whatever. This is so weird. So I was like, okay, well, I didn't realize that this was not going to be covered and that this was going to cost me significantly more. I don't know that I need that level of sedation. So, what are my other options? And she said, well, we can do this other level of sedation that's like a more mild level if you want me to print out what that would be and I was like yes I do want you to print that out so she prints it out and then it's like $200 cheaper to do it that way so I'm like okay well I'll do it that way then what's the difference and I'm thinking like it's going to be like a different kind of medication or something and she's like well the difference is just that you take the pill at home before you come in instead of having it here in the office and I was like okay that's so weird but (laughs) so like okay Finally, by the end, I was like, I need some time to think about this. I'm not ready to schedule because I just had this feeling like I don't want to give any extra money today. And she's they were very like there was two women up there. And I'm like, I know they're going to be talking about me their whole lunch hour about like the real obnoxious redhead. But I said, I want to take this home and decide. And they were like, "Okay." so I said, so I'm only going to pay the $147 today. And they were like, "Okay." so I paid the $147 and I leave. And I'm just like, that just felt yucky it just felt really weird. And it felt like nothing was presented to me in a way that was centering me as a patient or centering my own informed consent around here's your choices and here's what they look like on a really transparent level. So, okay, you might need some extra sedation. Let's make sure that you know that sedation is not covered. Here's what it looks like. What would you prefer? What makes sense for you? Like, it was so weird. And when I said that I didn't want to do the more expensive sedation, they were like, well, you're, you said that you wanted to do sedation protocol 2.0 or something. And I was like, well, yeah, because I didn't know how much it was going to cost. So there was just a lot of like, well, you said this, and it was a very yucky feeling. I left there, not sure that I wanted to do the procedure there. But I was like, they already did all these x rays, they already did all this stuff. And I went and had lunch with a friend that same day. And she's like, yeah, you can just have your records transferred, like, just stay there and do things. And I was like, Oh, okay, I like I hadn't thought about that. So a couple weeks later, I've made no decision, maybe like 10 days later, I've made no decision on this. So I'm just like hanging out with my infected root canal. And I'm still like, every time I think about making a call to book the appointment to regardless of what level of sedation I'm going to do, I just feel like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want them working on my mouth. I don't feel good about any of this. Like it just feels shady. And so I then get a bill in the mail or not a bill, but a like claim statement from my insurance company, from my dental insurance company. And it shows how much they're covering for this consultation that I had, and how much they're not covering. And it shows that they're not covering $350. So I'm like, well, this is weird, because they only had me pay $150 or $147 in the office. So Am I going to now have to pay like another $200 because my insurance company is only isn't covering this whole 350. So I called the, the endodontist office. And I say, hey, I had an appointment on this date. And I paid my $147 because I was told that would be the consult fee. But now I'm I have this statement here from my insurance company. And it shows that. $350 isn't going to be covered. So I'm just curious if I'm going to get a bill for the remaining $200. And she said, No, 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 we don't aren't charging you for that. We already told you that when you were here before. And she literally said it with that. Tone. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I will not be coming here. <laughs> it was so and so what I felt like by the end of that is like, I kept on like bidding for them to like make it better for them to be like, Oh, it's okay. We got you. And every time I was like, opening the door for them to hold a little space. I got just a weird, like, this is how we do it, or you're being weird about like it just everything felt off every single interaction, every single question I would ask, like, I just never felt seen. I felt commodified. I felt physically precarious, like they were making me feel unsafe in making decisions about my own body. The tone was just like, well, we already know what's best. And so here's what you should do versus here's some options for you. What feels best for you based on that? So the tone made me feel uncomfortable throughout every interaction I had with everyone in the office. My belly just felt off. And every time I tried to make a bid or like an opening for something for them to like meet me halfway on something, they didn't. They couldn't. Like, And it really, initially, I was like, I think it's just like poor social skills. Like, they just don't have like good social skills in their customer service folks. But it was like everyone in the office. So I ultimately felt unseen, unheard, not held. And I was going to give them a whole bunch of money to drug me on two separate occasions for a couple hours each time. No, thank you. Like, that just felt off. So I ended up going to Facebook and saying, hey, I need to find an endodontist here's what's going on. I had this consultation and it just felt shady all around. I don't want to stick with this office. I'm looking for recommendations. And I got all these recommendations. And what was so interesting is I didn't say really specifically like what had gone on with this doctor's office, but multiple people reached out privately and on my public Facebook page and shared. Different experiences that they had had with people. And all of them were like, this person was so gentle and they were so compassionate. And I'm really scared of dentists or I struggle with this, with, you know, doing things in my, with my mouth. And like they were thoughtful and they were kind and they were respectful. And like all the words that they were saying, I was like, yeah, I felt none of that in this office. And then I got one comment that said something like, hey, I went to this office in a certain part of town and here's what happened to me. I had this really negative experience where in terms of like my level of care. And I ultimately ended up going to a different kind of practitioner to recover from that because things were handled so poorly. And I could tell by where this person described this part of town that it was very likely the same practice. And so I commented below and said, I think we're talking about the same place. And like, here's how I was made to feel. And the woman then commented and said, thank you for sharing. It's healing for me to hear someone else share the same, share their experience having gone to the same practice. And I thought, that's why we listen inward. That's why we let ourselves listen to ourselves. And then that's why we also share with other people when we've done that. Because we don't see that. We don't see it being modeled. We see women following the status quo and following other people's directions and blindly leading people with more power. That's what we've been trained to do. And when we can see other people saying, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not okay with that. I don't feel comfortable. I'm not making a a decision right now, which is what I said in that office, which felt very uncomfortable because they made it sound like, well, we're giving you this discount and like with all your great insurance and everything because we are coming back here and because you're going to be a patient and have these procedures done here. So it felt very uncomfortable to say, Actually, no, I'm not making that appointment today. I'm going to go home and think about it. Because that was clearly not the status quo in that environment. That was clearly going against the grain. It felt very weird and very uncomfortable, especially when you're looking at, like, the power differential in terms of, like, medical people and me. Little piddly, not meddly, <laughs> medical people. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take
1: yourself too seriously and, 6-1 since that matters and, What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, hey there, busy mama.
2: Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter free.
0: So I want to encourage you and invite you to think about how do you give yourself permission to push pause? and listen inward and follow your gut when you feel those moments. And what I want to invite you to do is notice when you feel that like, tone or that that clenching internally, for me, it's a clenching. How do you sit in that before you make a decision? Because I know so many times where I haven't given myself that time because I'm felt because I feel like something is urgent, or I don't want to hold someone up, or I don't want to like rock the boat. And I make a snap decision instead of sitting in it and feeling out and riding out this feeling like, "Mm, this feels a little bit off. And what I did in that situation that I think was a really good call and my advice to you is to continue to make bids to the other party for them to make it better or make it right and see what happens. Because I kept doing that. I kept trying to like, ask questions with like a kind and respectful f- smile on my face. And I didn't get that back or to like make a funny joke or like keep, treat something lightly. And they were like completely unable to like engage in a warm conversation. So I want you to notice when you make a bid and you know this was a unique situation, but this carries over into so many situations. When you make a bid to be seen and someone doesn't see you, then listen to that. And when you repeatedly make a bid to be seen, to be heard, to be held, and someone is unable to meet you, then you get to make a different choice. You get to take that as evidence that this isn't right for me. And the other thing that's really eye opening is in sharing on social media about this, I kind of was like, oh, it's going to be so hard to go somewhere else. And like, maybe it's just going to be more of the same. So many people I know have been to endodontists that they love, which is hilarious because so many of you listening probably don't even know what an endodontist is. And it was a reminder that there's always a lot of other options. But sometimes when we're in it, we're like, well, where else am I going to go? How am I going to find the right person? How am I going to start all over? And the reality is, it's probably not that hard. It's probably not as hard as you think. And obviously, like, you know, every situation is its own thing. And sometimes it can be very hard to start over. But Oftentimes, other people in our network can con- make great connections for us, and it isn't as hard as we think. And I was reminded when I at- made that ask, and so many people, like literally in my inbox, in my texting, in my on Facebook, in Facebook Messenger, like I was like, oh my gosh, like recommendations literally coming out of my ears. It actually made it hard to make a decision because I had so many options, but it was a great reminder that there's always a lot more out there. Like there's not just one way to do something. And if you're feeling that tension around like, this feels off or weird or wrong, you don't have to sit in it. And giving yourself permission to let yourself feel that, let yourself listen, see what it's all about. So for me, I was like, what is this about? Like, is this about like, I just don't wanna pay the money or is this about me being scared of dentists? Neither of those things are true is this about me feeling uncomfortable in other ways? And I was able to really recognize that this is about me not feeling mutual trust here. Like I don't feel trust. I don't feel seen. I don't want to be drugged and unconscious or semi-unconscious in this office. Like that just feels very unsafe to me. And I also had this, it felt just way too vulnerable. And I'm not someone who gets weirded out. And like, I don't have dental anxiety. I don't have doctor anxiety. <laughs> like, I am really easygoing when it comes to things like this. So to have that reaction was like, okay, you can listen to this. And even if I was someone who got uncomfortable, like, you can you should listen to that as well. But just knowing this was so like counter my normal experiences with medical professionals, letting myself listen to that versus like following, staying the course. I also felt like I was countering what my dentist had said. My dentist had sent me there. So the interesting thing on the back end of this is that my dentist had sent me there. So I was like, okay, clearly like they respect this practice. And when I went to Google, the practice had hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews, like so widely respected. And all these people just loved going there and had these amazing results. Now, interestingly, the results were primarily about, there's three dentists in the practice and the Google reviews were all about almost all exclusively about the other two dentists, endodontists, not the one that I had seen. But that was another thing where I was like, is it just me? Like, is it just me that's feeling like this is weird and off? And again, listening inward inward and being like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if all these other people had a great experience. You don't have to do this. You don't have to go put yourself in this like physically precarious scenario or situation. So that's my invitation to you is to let yourself sit in it when you feel That gut check of like, "Mm, this feels off. Sit in it for a minute. Don't make a hasty decision. And then ask more questions or ask for clarification. Make bids for attention to be seen, to be heard, to be held, and see what happens because you will likely get confirmation one way or the other. So you might get confirmation. Like in my situation, it could have been like one or two things felt off, but other things where they could have been like, oh my gosh, no, like here, let us explain this to you we want to make sure you really understand, but there was nothing like that. So I kept opening the door for them to be like, no, 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 we got you. And there was no feeling of we got you. It was not like that at all. So giving yourself that space to make those bids, and then take that data and then trusting that there's always lots of other options and your network typically has those options at their fingertips to share with you and they're happy to share that with you. So tomorrow I go for my second for my second opinion and when I called to make that second opinion appointment which was like, if you're like me and making dental or making any kind of appointments just seems like such a horrendous task. I can't stand making phone calls to make appointments. But I called this other office and said, hey, you were recommended by a couple people. I just had this strange experience at another endodontist. And I don't want to use them. I felt pretty uncomfortable. And I'm looking for a second opinion. And this woman could not have been more lovely. She was like, Oh, my gosh, we definitely want to see you. Let me get your information. We'll make sure that you're well taken care of. We want to make sure that you're comfortable. This is what we're familiar with this doctor specifically that you're going to see. She's been doing this for X amount of years. She's handled a lot of cases like yours, like just all of this reassurance and validation. And I was immediately like, "Oh, this is already completely a different experience to be reassured and validated after you said like, hey, I felt a little weird about something by a stranger was exactly the experience that I needed. So I hope this was helpful. I'm gonna invite you one more time to let yourself listen to yourself. And then I'm also gonna invite you obviously to come back on Wednesday and join us for our next interview on the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so, so excited to be interviewing Rachel Luna on Wednesday's episode. And she's gonna be talking about her podcast and her new book, Permission to Offend. Oh my goodness, you do not wanna miss this conversation. So join me on Wednesday with Rachel Luna. I cannot wait to see you then.